I want to uh, start by showing you a few faces on the screen. So it's going to take a little bit of audience participation, which is always a dangerous thing to do when you're uh, a minister and you've got a crowd out here, and especially Baptists. So oh, I don't mean that, I'm only joking. Um, but I'm going to show you some faces and I want you to call out what first comes to mind when you see some of these faces. Now, some of you will not have any idea of some of them and others of you, you'll know straight away. So here we go, Joe, first one. You've got to use a louder voice. Star Wars, okay, Star Wars, there she goes. Princess Leia, there we go. Next one. Apple. Apple. Not for those of you wondering, he didn't have an Apple farm. If you have no idea, Apple computers. I'm sure if you've, you've probably got a phone maybe or something. Steve Jobs. All right, next one. Nirvana. Who knows who Nirvana is? Who wants to hear a Nirvana song? Yeah, right. <laughs> Had a, I'll sing one. No. For those who don't know, he founded grunge-type music and Nirvana, great singer. Uh, took his life at a very, very young age. Father to a uh, child as well. Um, in some ways, a, a tragic story. But remembered as a great, great musician, a great songwriter. If you'd like to borrow some of my Nirvana songs, uh, CDs, you just... Come and see me, Dave, after. That would be terrific. No, I'm joking. All right, next one. Peace. Activist, did someone say? Yeah. You've got to be a bit louder, getting a bit older. Anti-apartheid. Spent how many years in jail? 20. And came out and was what? Yeah, forgiving. <laughs> Next one. Boxer. What was his statement? I am. Yeah. Floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee. Isn't it scary? You remember that, but some of you have not memorized the Bible verse in your life. There we go. I'm only joking. Next one. Okay. All right. Next, we won't go there. But I'm sure something came to mind for some of you. Next one. King Isaiah. Judah. Some of you aren't aware of who he is. Let me tell you who he was. He is someone that sticks in my mind out of the Bible, out of the Old Testament. He started so well as a king. It actually says of him in the Bible that he was good with God. He was a good king. In a sense, a king after God's own heart, in many ways. A good king. One of the good kings. But here's what happened to him. It got to his head. And in the end, he, he angered God, he turned from God, and in the end, he died a horrible death because he turned his back on God. If you get a chance to read his story, I'd encourage you to do that in 1 Chronicles 26. It's a very sad story. Last one. Oh, there you go. 
Young. Good looking. Yeah, exactly. What was that? Geelong. Geelong. Oh, no, there you go. Here's the thing. Just leave that up there just for a sec, not because I want to look at myself. But um, what, what, what happens when your name's there with your picture? And when people say, when you see that name, when you see that photo, what do people think? What do people remember? All right, quick. Okay. Over the last few weeks, uh, I've had a bit of a chance to reflect and think back of a number of things that have happened in my time here at Kilsyth South. And uh, just remembering the lives of people, especially through, through their Thanksgiving services after they had, they had passed away and having such an impact in this church and uh, on my life. And it's been a really, some ways sad, but also a really, in some ways a bit of a joyous time because you think back and of those, the impact those people's lives have had on my life, but not just mine, but on the lives of other people as well. Last Sunday morning, I said to you that I had a conversation with someone a few weeks back who said these words to me. They said, Tim, I would love to be at my own Thanksgiving service to hear what people say about me. I did point out that that ain't going to happen. But it got me thinking about legacy. About lasting legacies. What will or what pops into people's mind when they think of you, your legacy. It's interesting with those names, uh, as we looked at them and all those different people and what popped into our minds with those people, what's interesting is that they're also fathers, mothers, they were friends and they left, I would say, a much different legacy in the lives of those people than they have left in our lives as we looked at them on the screen. So we want to start a four-week series on the theme of legacy, the legacy that you are building and the legacy that you will leave. Leaving a legacy here on earth that will last long after your time on earth is done, but more importantly, that's an eternal legacy. Some of us here this morning, we have a shorter time than others to build our legacy. We've done a fair bit of building already. I think to myself, if I was 18, 19, the age of my kids, and someone was standing up here going, he's talking about legacy? Come on. I'm only 18, I'm only 17, I'm only 21. There's a long way to go. I want to encourage you, challenge you to think it's never too early to build your legacy. Never too young. It's one thing that you can control. Let me ask you a few questions as we start out this morning. What, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? How, how do you want others to remember you? What do you want to leave behind when you go from this earth? The reality is that every life leaves a legacy. So what we're talking about here this morning and much of the next four weeks 
is speaking to you. Because the reality is that every life leaves a legacy. There's not an option. The image that we use on the poster, and Jamie Teard, who does it, just does an amazing job. The image that you'll see on the screen that we use for this series is the, is the image, is the picture of a very healthy tree. That healthy tree didn't just happen. There's good soil. There's quite possibly the tree's been looked after well. It's been pruned or watered where required. It's actually really healthy. Those things that might be dead have been removed and whatever. And you look at that tree, it's a beautiful tree and the tree is still growing, it's still giving. And it's going to be around for a long, long time. That's what we want to do when we look at this series here on legacy. Leaving a legacy that will grow on and on and on, even when your time here on earth is done. Martin Luther, when asked what he would do if he knew he was going to die tomorrow, replied simply, I'd go out and I'd plant a tree. What he's saying is I would want to leave behind a legacy of life that would grow on and on and on into the future. What type of legacy are you building and wanting to leave? All of us here will leave a legacy. It's not an option. The big question is what type of legacy do you want to leave? You see your family, your friends, your mates, your churches, friends that you attend here with, your work colleagues, will have left in their hands primarily that which you pass on to them. And they will either say, yep, I want to hold on to that or I want to let it go. I don't want any part of it. But hopefully the legacy that you will leave to them, they will want to in turn take hold of that and leave it to others as well. You know, it's not so much about living to be a legend, it's rather about leaving to leave a legacy. I remember watching the Australian story a couple years back on the cricketer Sir Donald Bradman. And if we say Sir Donald Bradman, the cricketer in our country, very much we say he's a legend. He's a legend. He's the greatest cricketer that's ever played the game. But the Australian story was an interview with his, his son, John, and his grandchildren. And it was very interesting to listen to because they hardly talked about his cricket at all. They talked about a father. They talked about a grandfather who would sit and play snakes and ladders, who would go and watch a dance recital, who would sit and listen to their grandpa. Sir Donald Bradman playing snakes and ladders? <laughs> that was the legacy, though, that he'd left with them. Nothing to do with cricket. Proverbs 13.22 says a good person leaves an inheritance, in a sense leaves a legacy for his children's children. A good person does that. So over the coming weeks we want to look at a few areas in our lives where we'll build and leave a legacy. Next week we want to look at this 
the, the, the legacy you will leave in the area of giving, your time, your finances, the things that God has given to you, whatever it might be, the legacy that you will leave when it comes to giving, what will your legacy be? The third week is the legacy, uh, especially speaking to parents. If you're a parent, uh, I think it's October 21, around there, don't miss. Very important that you're here or you know parents, invite them along or if you're actually, you play the role of a, a dad, you play the role of a mum in someone's life, a child's life, make sure you're here. Grandparents, the legacy is parents. And the final one, October 29, is the legacy in our relationships, all sorts of different relationships that we're in. October 29, I just want to tell you, do not miss that week. But today we want to take the time to focus on three key, three key areas that will deeply impact our legacy and how we'll build it. So if you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open to 2 Timothy chapter 4. While you're doing that, I want to read to you uh, this statement that I read in the past week. It came from a, a political editor from, uh, within the Western world, and he wrote this a few, few years back, but I think it's relative for where we want to start out and, and where we find ourselves in the generation in which we live. It says this, The central paradox of our time is that most of us are earning more money and living in material terms, in better material terms than our parents did a quarter of a century ago. Yet by most measures, we're working longer and more frantically than before. And the time and energy left for our non-working lives are evaporating. The economy we're living in brings enormous benefits in terms of wealth, innovation, new chances and choices. But our absorption in keeping up with it all is leading to an erosion of our families, the fragmenting of our communities and the challenge of keeping our own integrity intact. We're in danger of losing the crucial distinction between making a living and making a life. And in many ways, that's where we find ourselves as Tim stands up here today to encourage us about the legacy that we, that you should be striving for. It's, it's, it's a tough time in our world in many ways to want to really truly commit to the legacy that I believe God wants us to leave to build into even as we sit here this morning. Now, when it comes to legacy, I just want to highlight there's a big difference between reputation and legacy. You know, our reputation is what you're supposed to be. Your legacy is who you are. Within a, re a reputation, you can make a reputation in a moment, but a legacy is built over a lifetime. Reputation is what people will say about you on your tombstone. Legacy is what your children, your friends, your colleagues will live with for the rest of their lives. So right now you're working on your legacy. When I was a young kid with my, I've got a younger brother, a few years younger than me. One of the things that we used to love doing is playing with Lego. Or as we say in Adelaide, Lego. Don't laugh, it's not funny. Victorians have got it wrong. Lego. And anyway, I've just played a little bit of, with some Lego and wrote the word legacy. But we used, to, we used to love playing with Lego. And my brother and I, we shared a room and we had bunk beds. And one of the things that we just used to love doing um, was getting a Lego and building it to the, the ceiling, up to the ceiling of our bedroom. And we had a pretty tall 
ceiling and we would start from the very bottom and build it up so it could get to the top of the ceiling. And what we had to do with the top bunk, we had to put a little chair on the, on the top bunk so my brother got him to do it. He would stand on the, on the chair and build the, to the very top. That was what we just loved doing over and over again. And you can imagine my mum, she'd come in, what are you doing, Sue Dangerous? She wouldn't speak like that, but that's just my, my mum voice. <laughs> then she'd go, I'm going to get your father, I'm going to get your father. And dad would come in and he'd start up to fire up and then he'd go, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it used to take us a long time because what we'd try and do was we'd we thought if we can just build with one bit and we go all the way up, it would no traumas. But you know what happens when you use one bit of Lego? And it falls down and you have to build it and build it. And it used to take us time. And I'm a bit more of a... I'm not as patient. Would that be fair to say, kids? Yeah. And whereas my brother's really patient. And I eventually learned that it would just slowly, slowly, slowly build this Lego up and up and up and up. He'd get on the chair and we'd do the last one. We'd did it. In some ways, that's what your legacy is like. You've got to build slowly and slowly, piece by piece by piece. And as we go through that and as we think through this series, this is what legacy is about. It's slowly building into your legacy, piece by piece. Some of you today, I want to encourage you as we celebrating as we remember seniors within our church and we just value seniors in, in our church so much that some of you have built so very well and some of us already are the benefits of that legacy that you have already built. Some of them are sitting right next to you right now because of what you have done. But it takes time. I think your testimony would be that it takes time and occasionally, and I want to encourage you but to say this so you don't give up, Occasionally, it's going to fall down a little bit, but you can build it back up. You can build it back up. Uh, Paul in 2 Timothy, I love how he says it. For those of you who don't know who Paul is, Paul is, he wrote most of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. He wrote a, a lot of that. And, and he said of his life and his legacy, he said this in verse 6 and 7, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, Paul, if he wanted to, he could, he could have said a lot more about himself. I've planted this many church. I had this education. I've written most of the letters that have been written to churches. I've done just so much. This is my legacy. But he didn't. He wanted his legacy to be labelled faithful. I've been faithful to Jesus Christ. I love that. That's, that's in many ways what I would want to aspire when all is said and done of me. At the end of the message today, I want to read to you, I won't read it now, but at the end, I want to read to you an example of that and we'll finish with that at the end of our time this morning. But as Paul pondered the end of his life, he made three very simple statements about his legacy. 
He says, I fought the good fight. I fought the things for Christ. I finished the race. I, I didn't quit on the, the race with and for Jesus. If you want to read his story, he, he, he took some wax along the road of his race. But he didn't quit. I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I'd suggest right there, there are some of the greatest statements concerning legacy you'll ever read. If you want to leave a legacy that's greater than you, if you want to leave a legacy that will impact generation after generation, strive to have that legacy. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. If you want to leave a legacy that's greater than you, recognise that each day you're, you're in a sense in a war. You're, you're in a fight. And choose to stand firm. Clothe yourselves in what's required to fight a good fight for Jesus Christ. And Paul again writes about what that clothing looks like. Legacy, you could call this legacy clothing. He says this in Ephesians 6. He says, therefore, put on the full armour of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of, the tr of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That, my friends, is the legacy clothing that Paul clothed himself in. To fight the good fight. Here's the thing that I think we sometimes miss. When you and I, we become ca casual about our spiritual things when we become casual about the disciplines of the Christian faith, things like prayer, things like Bible study, things like even about attending and getting here to church, as, as Janet shared before, being involved. Because here's what I've noticed in my role as a pastor, that the people that slowly let those things go, they find it or they choose not to take them on board again. They get a little bit lazy or a lot lazy. And that could in fact be the legacy for, for some, even here today, maybe leaving. Because what happens is when you're not strong enough, sometimes those that follow will follow your example, especially for some of you who are, who are parents of kids here this morning. They will follow your example, in a sense, your legacy. When we're lazy, Satan strikes. Satan's target is you to weaken your faith. If you're a Jesus follower here today, he doesn't want you to leave a, uh, a legacy that has eternal uh, consequences, positive eternal consequences. Ephesians 6.12, just before it, 
Paul says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in, in the heavenly places. The deeper we want to walk in our relationship with Christ, the more effective your weapons in the fight to leave a legacy for, of, for your heavenly Father wants you to leave will be. But here's the thing, it's choices. It's piece by piece. You have to fight. You have to fight a good fight. The fight is against the evil one. We, we, can, we, we need to talk about this sometimes in the church. We don't talk about it a lot, but we need to. There is Satan. There is an evil one who, whose desire is to fight against you fighting that fight for Jesus Christ. He's the enemy. Fight the good fight. Just like that healthy tree. Keep growing. Staying healthy. Grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, goodness, gentleness. Grow in the spiritual gifts that God has given to you and use them for his sake. If you want to leave a legacy, build into fighting the good fight. The second thing is finish the race. Finish the race means ensuring in the process that you're neither going to disqualify yourself or you're going to get disheartened. Paul could have been so disheartened and said, forget this. I'm getting put in prison. I'm getting stoned. I'm getting whipped. Give up. I'm going to pull the plug. And sadly, I've been around long enough now in ministry to see both men and women who are totally at times committed to Jesus, but who have since walked away in the middle of the race. I think for a pastor, that's one of the biggest things that breaks my heart. They've given up on Jesus. It's got too hard. Life seemed better without God. They're not up for the fight. They're lost in their longing for who God is. Galatians has this little verse that says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You were running so well. Let me tell you, there's a few things here that Satan uses to try and deter you from finishing the race. Some of those things are actually really good things. Really good things. Or what the world would say are good things. There's distractions. He uses discouragement. Bad things will happen. Hard things will happen. He uses divisions. Divisions with one another. Divisions with one another as Christians. In the church even. We have divisions. It's one of the things that causes people at times to walk right away from the church. Right away from God. And you know the legacy then that affects those people's friends, their children as well. He uses deceptions about you. What God wants of you. I love Hebrews 12.1 that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I have never run a marathon. I'm speaking and hear a few guys speaking this morning who are who have run and are going to run another marathon. I've never run a marathon. I don't think I'll ever intend to do it. But 
But when you listen to those who run marathons, they say, listen, it's normally around the 35, 36 kilometres of a 42k marathon that can be really hard. You sort of hit the wall. And sometimes for some of us here, maybe that's the situation where we find ourselves right now as we seek to run the race, but we've hit a bit of a wall. I want to encourage you to finish, finish the race, persevere, throw off the things that are hindering, the discouragements, the the distractions, the divisions. You've got to make that change. That's your call. Fight the good fight, finish the race. The last one is this, keep the faith. Keep the faith, obedience to Jesus Christ. This word keep means to manage, to guard, to look over. Guard your faith in Jesus Christ. Hold on to the truth. Keep pursuing God daily. You know, one of the things that I love to do is each day I walk the dogs early in the morning and and I listen to the Bible on uh, on my phone and I pray out loud. Occasionally I've walked past a few people and they probably go, weirdo. But... I do, I just find it's just the best thing for me. It's a lifestyle of worship that I love to do. Because what it does, it it guards my faith in Jesus Christ. It's where I start my day. I soak myself in the word of God. Forget living for people. Live to please God. People leaving an eternal legacy, live sacrificially because they're living for something so much greater than themselves. And this is where I want to read uh, to you just a little scripture out of Philippians that reveals just a, just a very brief legacy that Jesus left as we think about living for something greater for themselves. And this is what it says. This again was Paul, what he said. Christ Jesus in Philippians 2, verse 5 says, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was a man who didn't live for himself. He lived for the benefit of others. The glory of God and his legacy. Jesus' legacy was seen and it was felt forever. Fight the good fight. Finish the race. Keep the faith. 1968... There was, a, uh, was the Mexico Olympics, and there's a story of a man by the name of John Stephen Akawari, who represented Tanzania 
in the 1968 Summer Olympics there in Mexico. And during the race, he fell badly and he actually uh, damaged a joint in his knee um, and very easily could have given up. But he chose to keep running the marathon. And despite the fact that, uh, that the medals had been presented, everyone pretty much, or a lot of the people had gone home, all the runners had, had gone home, he chose to keep running. And he kept running and running and running to the point where he finished the race. It's a story of legends. If you YouTube his name, you'll, you, you can easily see his story. But he, he chose in his mind that I am going to keep going because this, in a sense, is what I want to be remembered for, that I finished the race. This guy has left an unbelievable story of what he did and that's just in a race physical race how do you want to be remembered it's not something that we do think about too much we're probably not going to walk out of the door and go wow I need to think about how I want to be remembered today but maybe just maybe we need to start thinking about that because that will influence on what we invest our life and our time and our money in Do you want to finish well? Do you want to finish the race for Christ? You are building a legacy, one day that you will leave. Times life can be very painful, can be quite challenging. But I would argue that Paul, in writing these words, was so glad that he ran the race he did and left the legacy he has. He fought the good fight. He finished the race and he kept the faith. I, w- I want to read to you as we finish the, uh, a, a little bit of the um, reflection on uh, uh, a service that I went to on Tuesday of Graham Tucker's and he's given me the okay to do this, of his mum, uh, her life. And uh, Corinne's mother-in-law and Jackson and Maddie and Eliza's grandma. And uh, this is a race well run, a legacy that will last. This is what it said. This is what Graham read. All parents leave some sort of legacy. Our mum is no different. Within our family, they have influenced us with their values and ideals. They've taught us what to invest in. In our family, investment is made in relationships Investment in the relationships of family members, in relationship with friends, neighbours and colleagues and with God. We've been taught to invest generously, graciously and compassionately. Mum's legacy lives on in her children and her grandchildren. When I look at Karen and John, I think mum would have been very proud of her legacy. When Karen and John look at me, they think, oh well, two out of three ain't bad. That's not true, Tuck, just so you know. In closing, we cannot let today go by without sharing the richest legacy our mum has left with us. That is her faith in Jesus Christ. There is a verse in the Bible that says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. 
That is what our mum based her life on, knowing God intimately, serving him daily and praying. If you knew mum personally, there's a very high chance she prayed for you. Mum and dad prayed for Graham and Karen and John and our husbands and our wives and our children, extended family and even our children's partners daily. Our mum's faith has become our faith and extends on through our children. We're so grateful to have an authentic, servant-hearted, caring, humble and loving mum who modelled her faith daily and shared it with respect and deep interest in others. Even up until the end, each time mum went into hospital, she would ask God to allow her to be a blessing to someone. And every time someone would be drawn to mum and sit with her in her room and share their story with her. We hope and pray that we can continue that legacy that she has left for us. God has blessed our family with our amazing mum and we continue to thank him for her. One of the palliative care workers asked mum if she had thought about a gravesite. Mum replied, no, I don't intend to be there. I think about heaven because that's where I'll be. She fought the fight. She finished the race. And those that know Tuck's mum know that there was some pretty hard parts of the race. She kept the faith in Jesus Christ. That's her legacy and it will live on. My prayer, first and foremost, is that I will fight the good fight, that I will finish the race and that I will keep the faith. So that legacy will go on and on and on. My prayer is that that's the case for you too. Keep building into that. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much again for your word that reveals many times over and over and over again men and women who we see throughout time and your word who, who fought the good fight, who finished the race, who kept, the, kept their faith in you. And there were times that their life seemed to us to be falling apart, bad decisions were being made. But you forgave them and they continued to build in to the legacy that we now read about daily in your word. I want to say thank you for the people in our lives as we each sit here today and as we think about the people who have built into our lives who have left such a lasting, positive influence on us. I thank you for those people. I thank you for those who sit here today, who class themselves as seniors and have already, even though they are still with us here today, they have built such a legacy for us. And I thank you for them. I thank you so much. And I pray that they would want to continue to build into the legacy 
that's already been well built, that they wouldn't see it being completed. I pray for those of us who are in the middle of our lives in some ways of building our legacy. I just want to pray, God, that we would continue, if we're a follower of yours here today, that we would continue to keep running for you. That we wouldn't let the distractions, the diversions, take us off the track. That we would want to keep the faith in you. That we would want to keep fighting. And I pray for the young people here today. They might be thinking, well, I'm too young to start building any type of legacy just yet. I pray that they would not believe that in any way. I just believe that that is a trick that Satan's playing on their mind. That they can begin to do that right now. We thank you for Paul and his words, his legacy, his testimony. May it be a challenge, may it be an encouragement, but most of all, may it be a goal for us to reach that place that he did, where he fought the good fight, finished the race, and he kept the faith. May that be the desire of our legacy that we want to leave. May we work hard into that. May we build into that every single day. We pray this in your precious name.